Welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, where we believe that no matter what you've gone through in life, God is inviting you to partner with Him to take back your story. On this podcast, we have inspiring conversations with people who are doing just that. And now, your hosts, Davey Blackburn and Aubrey Sampson. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Nothing is Wasted podcast. I'm Aubrey Sampson. And I'm Davey Blackburn, and we are your hosts, and we are so glad to be back with you. Um, We've got a great guest today, Aubrey, Christy Furlow. And uh, let me tell you how... She is awesome. She's incredible. The work that she's doing is unbelievable. I'm so inspired by it, mainly because she just purchased this beautiful house to lead retreats in. And I'm like, A, I want to go there. Uh, B, I would I would love to own one of those places so that we can do retreats as well. So oh I was yeah, super that's like inspired. you're in Christy's dream, right? Oh my goodness, I was super inspired. And here's how we met Christy. We have a friend named Beth Marshall who's been on the podcast before. She was episode 57. Beth and Christy were doing some writing stuff with Lisa Turkhurst. They were in a group of hers. And Beth texts me while she's at this event and she's like, I, I you've got to meet this woman, Christy. She's got to be on the podcast the stuff hmm. she's doing incredible. So she put us on a text thread and Christy was actually closing on the property. Like I think that day or the next day. So she wow. sends me over before we even, before we even exchange highs, she sends me over these pictures of this property. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's beautiful. And then begins to tell us what her dream is for this property, what she's doing with it. And I'm like, Oh man, I learned her story. So we got to have you on the podcast. This awesome. would be so great. You're going to enjoy this conversation. And uh, if you do, if you enjoyed any of our conversations, go and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. We would love to hear your review of the podcast. Be sure to stick around afterward. Davey and I are going to talk about Christy's interview and some things that the Lord showed us through it. It is a really powerful one. This is a yeah. woman of faith you are about to learn from. So let's go ahead and listen to Davey's interview with Christy Furlow. Christy, it's so great to have you on the podcast with me. Thanks for joining me. Hey, Davey. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You know, we got connected through a mutual friend. Uh, she was raving about you, uh, texted me, and uh, she's been on this podcast before, Beth Marshall. Um, and if you know anything about Beth, she's super excited about everything. Well, she was definitely excited to tell me about you and that we needed to have you on the on the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. So I'm so grateful that you took this time to do this. Would you share just a little bit? about yourself, um, who you are, where you live. Uh, just kind of give us some modern day right now context into the life of Christy Furlow, and then we'll dive back into your story. Okay, great. Well, first I'll say that I love Beth as much as she loves me. So um, I just really enjoyed getting to know her. We met through a book proposal writing group, mm. and she just was really a blessing to me. So uh, my name is Christy Furlow. I live and was born and raised in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Mm and have been here my whole life. I have really my story started, I think, with as far as what I share publicly right now. It really all started about five years ago when my husband was diagnosed with a brain tumor. And it really, the Lord just used our tragedy, I like to say, because so many people around us experience tragedy all the time. And the Lord just used it to really birth a very beautiful ministry And so I currently still live in Baton Rouge. Clay passed away in September of 2017. We have three kids together and I'm still raising those three awesome kids. They're not really children anymore. They're getting a little bit older. And so, um, and also I'm sitting today in a home in St. Francisville, Louisiana that I purchased about a year ago 
to be a retreat center yeah. for people who need healing and hope. And yeah. so it's kind of exciting to be here while I'm recording this with you. It's very exciting. And even watching right now on the screen, I didn't realize that it was in this house, but you sent pictures to us of this place on a little group thread that we were on with uh, Beth Marshall. And it's gorgeous. I mean, immaculate. What a great haven mm. um, and respite for, for healing for folks. Um, you know, so you, you're now a, a young widow, mom of three, um, Thanks for the young part. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we uh, the older I get, the more I'm like, man, we're all, this is we're young. This is we're young. I know. Oh my! I was gosh. talking to somebody today that's fifty, and he acted like that was old, and I said, "Gosh, fifty's getting younger and younger." I know to me every day. it really is. We're mm -hmm. turning that corner quick, mm -hmm. but um, I'd love to hear yeah. you know, kind of at the beginning of this journey for you guys. You know, there's so many people who are in the middle of it right now, and you know, they can hear you and I talk about look at, you know, here, here's where we are on this journey and look what mm -hmm. God's done out of it. And look at this ministry that's being birthed, um, out of this, but you know, that that's not where it started for you. Um, why don't you give us a little sure. bit of, uh, just kind of chronicle that a little bit for us. Well, when Clay was diagnosed, he was 45 years old and I was, uh, 38 ish. And we just had a very normal life. And I think that was something that attracted people to our story. Yeah. I started writing a blog when he got diagnosed and it was very popular. We had a lot of people following it. And I would wonder often, like, why are so many people interested in what's happening to us? Mm -hmm. And I think it had a lot to do with just, we were just normal people. And our tragedy came really suddenly. You know, he was very well and healthy. He was coaching my son's baseball team. And mm -hmm. we were just both working full time, living normal lives. And he laid down one Sunday afternoon to take a nap. And when he woke up, he was different. And wow. we both knew it. And we went to the doctor the next morning. He was having trouble remembering things, just couldn't really get his thoughts to be clear. So we went into the doctor thinking that something was wrong with his hormones right. or his, a vitamin deficiency, you know, something really simple. Right. And they did a CAT scan and he had a huge brain tumor right in the center of his brain. And so just over a short time, we had surgery at MD Anderson. Um, they told us initially that he would live for three months and he lived for 16. Wow. He did have a type of cancer that was really hopeless. You know, they told us from the beginning, there's a hundred percent chance yeah. that he'll die, but the Lord gave us a lot of time. And I think what was just the most wonderful thing that the Lord did for us is that even the very day that Clay was diagnosed, we were in the hospital. And I remember the doctor coming in and saying, you know, it's glioblastoma. You are definitely going to die probably within the next three months, just very direct. And I just remember very distinctly the Holy Spirit just settling down on clay. And it's like I could see it mm. with my eyes. I watched the Lord just completely change him Wow! from just a normal guy who loved the Lord to instantly becoming just a vessel of the Holy Spirit. Wow. And God, you know, the Bible talks about how God gives us grace for today. You know, he gives us the grace for the things that he puts before us. And I watched that and lived it out with him where I just saw the Holy Spirit just immediately impart this beautiful grace to him that he just immediately said, I'm going to do whatever the Lord asks of me. You know, he, he immediately just became an evangelist and started preaching. You know, everybody that came in the hospital room, everybody that encountered him for 16 months, wow. just the way that he, he preached the grace of God and 
it just was really beautiful and very touching that a person could be faced with death in such a quick and real way. And especially at such a young age and that the Lord could give him the grace to just accept it and walk with God and his faith never wavered. It just was a beautiful testimony that God is able to bring us through anything that he asks of us. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, it's so amazing that, you know, God would endow him with that kind of a, a peace. And like, like you said, at such a young age, right. Where, especially right around that age, as you're looking into the kind of the next half of your life and you're thinking, what mm-hmm. more can I accomplish or more, what more can I do? Or you're excited about watching your kids grow up and sending them off into their dreams and their endeavors and to be faced with that news and, and then come to pretty quickly this piece of, it almost sounds like, you know, he, he goes, okay, my, my assignment here is, is done or coming to a, an end here soon. So I want to squeeze out every last ounce of this kingdom assignment that he's given me while I'm here on this earth. And then when he For takes sure. me home, yeah. I'm ready to be with Jesus. Yeah. I mean, he said that wow. all the time to live as Christ, to die as gain. Wow. It's like, I think, a lot of times, and one of the things the Lord really did for me during all of that was the word of God came to life mm. to me so much, especially the New Testament, like all the letters that Paul wrote to the church where he, Paul's the one who said that mm-hmm. for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Like I will stay here if that's what God asks of me, because I know that what he's working through my life is yeah. benefiting you, the church and the world, people who need Jesus. Yeah. But to die is gain. Like, I'm leaving this place and I'm going to a better place. But, you know, that's so easy to say. But when the reality of it hits you, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like we say that we long for heaven. We say that we just, Jesus come, let the rapture happen. But the truth is we love this life. Right. We love our kids. We love our families. We love our spouses. We love our homes. We just, and I believe we should. God gives us those things to bless our life. But when you're really faced with this requirement from the Lord, like you've got to let it go, it it really puts you in a place where you have to choose. I'm either going to walk it out faithfully with the Lord and let Him use my life in every way as long as I'm still here, or I'm going to be angry and bitter. And, you know, unfortunately, sometimes that's what people choose mm-hmm. is just holding on to this life rather than serving the Lord with open hands and saying, please use me while I'm still here, you know? And that was really, that was the testimony of Clay's life that he just immediately embraced the will of God and said, Lord, do something through me while I'm still here. And it was awesome to see. It really was. Well, I mean, I can obviously see a a major piece, you know, uh, even in your countenance right now too. So I know that that was something that I can tell that you guys shared you know, most people describe a cancer diagnosis um, and then the, the ensuing battle afterwards, right? As this rise and fall of hope and disappointment and good news and bad news. And, you know, that's kind of a lot of people's journey with cancer. And, and, and of course, you just said that they came to you and said pretty definitively, um, this is the reality. This is what's going to happen. So you guys were faced mm-hmm. very quickly with this. Almost, it seems like this, we're, we're not going to have a fight in this. But can you describe those 16 months? You know, what was that like? Did you have some moments of like, oh, maybe God's going to perform this miracle? Were there some rises and falls there? Yeah, there certainly were. And I will say that 
one lesson that I learned through all of this is that when you think that you have the worst situation in the world, all you have to do is look to the left or the right to find wow. someone who has something harder That's than so you. Good. Yep. <laughs> It's so good. I remember the first time we went to MD Anderson and we pulled up to the valet and there was hundreds of cars mm. and just all these people getting out in wheelchairs and with children and just all these circumstances that I, I had never really been faced with before. And I just, I often thanked God really for the situation that we were in because wow. though I knew that there was not hope, you know, of course, hope in, in Christ, but I knew that unless God did a miracle, there was no chance of Clay surviving. And so it's not that I struggled with hope of like, will the medicine work and he'll live or will he right. die? But I did go through periods of time where um, one of the first things that happened with me personally when Clay got diagnosed was I immediately had kind of a conviction about how to pray and what to say to people and when they asked us how to pray. Because I believe with all of my heart that God is still a healer. He yeah. is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yeah. And if He healed people from disease when He walked on the earth, He still heals people of disease today. Right. And so I knew with all of my heart that God could heal Clay. But I had this immediate caution in my spirit, like, be careful how you pray. Mm -hmm. And I knew, and Clay did too. And it was really wonderful that the Lord did that for us because it was like an immediate knowing that we knew that there was something bigger than us that was happening mm. with this situation. Yeah, yeah. And God just gave us the grace to take that. He gave us the grace to walk in it. And so I knew he was birthed in a ministry. I knew he had a plan for it. Mm. And so from the very beginning, my prayer to the Lord was, God, would you show me what you're going to do? Would wow. you show me? Would you just tell me what your plan is so that I can align my heart with your will and so that I can align my prayer with your will? Mm. And, and Davey, just in the sweetest way, although it is some of my more painful memories of things that I went through with all of this, the Lord did that. He answered me and he confirmed it multiple times in very beautiful ways. But the Lord told me probably two months in that Clay was going to die. And, but I still had this question in my heart, like, okay, is this an Abraham and Isaac situation? Right, you know. Right. Are you, are you testing my faith, which you have every right to do? You know, I wasn't mad mm -hmm. at the Lord for that. And honestly, I, I was willing to be tested because I thought, you know, I've known the Lord my whole life. I've, I met the Lord when I was a child mm -hmm. and had served him all my life. And I was happy for my faith to be tested for me mm -hmm. to know and for the Lord to know that, yes, I'm going to stand with you no matter what comes. And so I wasn't hurt by it, but I did pray many times, Lord, is this my Isaac? You know, are you going to take me to the end and ask me, will I lay him on the altar? Yeah. And will I, will I believe you, you know, to the very end? And so I did hold on to a little bit of a hope that maybe that's what God is doing. But there was really a preciousness in what God did to me. I like that word. <laughs> that mm. is, by the way, probably not in the dictionary, preciciousness. <laughs> but it, right. it was, yeah. it was really really precious to me yeah, right. that God answered that prayer and that he prepared my heart and I knew what was coming and he made me willing to accept it. And so it's just a beautiful thing that God does when he asks such a great price from us sometimes. Yeah. And, you know, and how could we despise that? Because he gave everything. 
Right. You know, he's not a savior who is not acquainted with our sorrows. Mm -hmm. And he didn't require something of us that he wasn't willing to do himself. And I think that is such an incredible thought about our God that he died for me. And, and not only did he die, but he came and he lived a life of suffering. You know, he lost his dad. He gave up his family. He was despised and rejected and falsely accused. And he he dealt with everything that we deal with. That's right. And I believe he did that so that when we walk through difficulty, there's really nothing that could happen to us that we could go to him and say, God, you don't understand. That's right. Yep. He does. He understands everything that we walk through. And so I just held to that so much in in this time when my heart would just have those up and down moments of like, oh, God, please tell me that this is Isaac. You know, please tell Mm -hmm. me that you told me that he's not going to live. But my heart still hopes that he will. But the Lord just really did such a beautiful miracle in helping both of us just accept it and know yeah. We want to do whatever the will of God is for our lives. Mm. Wow. Wow. I'm really intrigued by, because, you know, as I sit here and listen to you, you, you guys both had this just immediate peace, this immediate resolve. And um, I knew before you even said it, I said, she's been following the Lord for a long time. This has been something since childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, there was this, there had to have been this foundational, you know, bedrock this anchoring of your soul to we're all shaken by these kinds of things. We're all shaken by it, right? There's, it's not a matter of if it's like, it's a matter of what we're going to do when we are shaken by these things. And some people decide that they want, that they're going to run away from God or, or cope or try to manage their pain. And, and then there are some people like you who say, no, this is, this isn't just a shaking situation. This is a shaping situation as well, that God is also going to refine me in this. Um, your, 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 this 16 month journey then that you guys are walking out way more than what he was predicted to be able to live in a lot of ways. It was probably some of your grief journey as well in that, um, you know, which is very unique. It was, you weren't probably just grieving after the fact, after you've actually lost him, you're grieving in the midst of it with him. Can you describe some of that? Mm. That was a great question and a good observation because it's very true. And it took me a minute to figure that out Mm. Um, because, yes, I definitely we walked with joy and there was such hope and anticipation in what we were walking through. I think one of the really neat things that the Lord did for us was he let us see the fruit of what was happening in our lives. And so by writing a blog and by traveling and ministering and just all the things we were able to do, we had a lot of people telling us, you know, I rededicated my life to the Lord because of you, or Mm. my, my son got saved because of your testimony, or just my faith in God has been completely renewed. And Clay got to see these things too, right? He got to see that. Oh, And every time it was just, it was sweet. And I actually have him on film several times doing this, but people would tell him, Clay, it you've changed my life. You know, your testimony has changed my life. And he would always say, and most of the time he'd look at me and he would say, it's worth it. Mm. It's worth it. You know, even just for one person Jeez, whose life wow. was changed. And so, wow. but God just really, he gave us that opportunity to see the fruit. And so there was joy in that. Like 
I can remember so many times people would come over to visit him and we'd be sitting talking and I would just talk for an hour telling people, you know, this happened today. This is what happened today. This is what the Lord did. And there was a joy in it. But also in the midst of all that, I was grieving. Right. And, and sometimes I didn't even know it, you know, so there would be emotions that I would feel or days that I just didn't want to get out of bed or, you know, things would happen and I would think, why do I feel this way? And it really wasn't until after he was gone that I realized I've been grieving for 16 months, knowing that I was going to lose him. And probably the thing that I value the most in that is that the Lord gave me the ability to see that the end was coming. And so we did a lot of things Mm. that a lot of people don't get to do. And, you know, I've listened to a little bit of your story and just knowing that it could have happened tragically and suddenly like that. And, and you don't have the chance to make decisions. Like for example, we filmed and photographed Clay walking Grace down an aisle, you know, at a wedding venue, just she wore my wedding dress and we just, it was just neat. You know, they, Mm. they were able just, it just was sweet. And so having time to do things like that was really special to me to be able to say goodbye. You know, he, Clay died with no regrets, no regrets. He saw everyone he wanted to see. He spoke to every person he wanted to say goodbye to. And he left our kids with just a beautiful legacy of just able to really share with them his heart and the things that he wanted them to know. He, we recorded a video of him that we played at his funeral and it was so powerful. It was so powerful. Like how often do you go to a funeral where the person in the casket is the one telling you like, trust God, believe in God. Don't be mad at God because I'm not here anymore. You know, it just, it just was beautiful. And so I'm thankful that the Lord helped us accept what was happening so that we could fully take advantage of the time to make use of it in a way that we couldn't have if we had just spent all of our time buried in a hole, you know, which sometimes that's what you want to do. Exactly. Um, But God just really made it useful. Hey friends, I want to tell you about the Pain to Purpose devotional that's releasing July 22nd. And I have a special offer for just you podcast listeners that I'll tell you about in just a minute. After my late wife, Amanda, was killed, I went through a season where I felt like God was speaking to me in profound ways. Right after tragedy, he often shows up and carries you in what I call a hammock of grace and reveals to you more of the mysteries of himself than ever before. But I had a hunch that a dry season was coming for me. I knew enough about following Jesus to know that things ebb and flow like that. And I knew I wanted to draw from these truths again. So I decided to write everything down that I was learning. Then I found myself sharing these truths so much with people we were helping and coaching that I decided to create a resource that would lead people into the aha moments I experienced in God's Word, particularly pertaining to pain and trauma. That's what the Pain to Purpose devotional is all about. It's a fantastic supplement to your daily quiet time with the Lord over a 42-day journey. On top of that, several of you have asked if we know any good resources to send someone who is struggling. So we decided to make one. And here's your special offer. If you pre-order the devotional before July 22nd, 
you can get 20% off the purchase by using the promo code podcast. The devotional will show up on your doorstep on July 22nd, and you'll gain access to all our exclusive pre-order bonuses, including the entire audiobook version, five-minute video teachings that correspond to each day, our new Pain to Purpose toolkit, digital screensavers and shareables, and more. As a bonus, if you place a pre-order of seven or more copies, we'll give you free lifetime access to the Pain to Purpose course. Again, this is a perfect resource to keep on hand and give out to people who are going through a difficult time. To pre-order the devotional and to check out all the bonuses, go to paintopurposedevo.com and use the code podcast for 20% off the devotional just for being a Nothing Is Wasted podcast listener. Again, that's paintopurposedevo.com and use that code podcast for 20% off. Here we are, you and I sitting on two sides of this conversation with two very different tragic endings, one with a six month, mm-hmm. 16 month runway, another one that was so sudden. And yet the similarities between the two of us is that we both ha- had to get to this place of peace and acceptance. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that really is, yeah. that really is kind of the, that's the journey right there when it comes to grief is, is this is what Jesus is offering in the midst of our grief is peace. I mean, that is the sought after thing. That's what our, our, our souls are in so much turmoil when we experience this kind of a loss that what it desires most is, is peace that we can rest and trust in the Lord. And that peace is what enables us to then go and live into our purpose. And here you are saying that, you're grateful that you guys found that peace in the midst of this 16 month journey. Mm. Although of course there's some ups and downs within those emotions for sure. But in general, you found this peace and acceptance and you guys were able to live into your purpose during that time. Right. Or at least that particular assignment of your purpose and the the impact that's happening because of that, you know, and that's what I want to encourage everybody listening to this right now is that really at the end of the day, what Jesus is offering to us and, and the journey that he wants to take us on is peace in the midst of whatever we're going through, because it's through that peace that we're able to live into our purpose. I think a lot of that comes from just having the right perspective about our situation Mm. and understanding that, you know, we, we can't help this about ourselves, but we're selfish. We just, we see the world through our own point of view. We see life through our own point of view. And so when you walk into a situation like this, the first thing you think about is your hopes and your dreams mm-hmm. and your future. And so I just, what the Lord did for us that I think is so important for every believer to have mm-hmm. is that he gave us in a very supernatural way. Yeah, This is not something you can work up. This is not something you can wake up in the morning and make up your mind to do. This is only a work that the Holy Spirit can accomplish. That's but right. he gave us a heavenly perspective. And he helped us to see, I'm not hurting you. I'm using you. And though this is not at all what you thought your life would look like, and this is not at all what you would ever chosen for yourself, this is my plan to be able to receive my glory through your life. Mm. And if we as believers can come to a place where we accept that from the Lord, 
and really allow God to show us this life is not about me. It's not about my pleasure and my enjoyment and my dreams. My purpose in life is to demonstrate the glory of God to a watching world of broken and hurting people that are all around me. Wow. And the only way that the world is going to come to Jesus is by what they see in me and you, mm -hmm. because we know him and he lives inside of us. That's right. And so if we are just living this life focused on ourselves and we're all as believers broken and crushed and wounded, then the world looks at us and they don't see anything different. Mm. And so what we have to be as the church, and I really believe this is such a relevant message for today yep. because our world is a disaster and yeah. it is getting worse by the minute. Every day, it's like, you. I don't even want to watch the news anymore mm -hmm. because the world's falling apart. And so people are filled with fear. People are filled with anxiety. Coming off of COVID, people are dealing with anxiety more than we've ever heard that word said. And so they need to look at the church and the world needs to be able to see in the church something different than what they see in the world. Yep. And they look in at us and they say, what's different about you? Why aren't you scared? Why aren't you afraid? Why aren't you devastated? Your husband died. Why aren't you crushed? Why aren't you mad at God? Why aren't you angry? But when they look at us and they see that our response to devastation is totally different than what the world, how the world responds to devastation, it causes them to wonder why. Yeah. And so then they look at us and they think, I want what you have. I want what lives inside of you. And that is our opportunity to share the gospel. But if nothing ever happens to us, if we live a perfect life, and believe me, I lived a perfect life until Clay got sick. And I'm, I would love for us all to just be able to live a perfect life. But if until we walk through difficulty, the world looks at us and says, you don't understand. That's right. And the only reason you serve God is because he's good to you, just like those people said to Job. You only love him because he protects you. You only love him because you're wealthy. You only love him because you have everything. But when God took everything or allowed everything to be taken away from him and he still sat on that heap of ashes and praised God, that's when somebody said, we should probably write that story down. <laughs> Wow. We should probably record this because in thousands and thousands of years, people are still going to be talking about Job. And it wasn't because of what he had. It was because of what God brought him through mm -hmm. and that his faith was sustained through all of that. Yeah. And that is a, it, it's a huge task for any person to say, I'll submit to that. Yeah. You know, but I've thought many times, like, of course I've read Job hundreds of right. times because that is, it's helped me tremendously. But my perspective changed so much after this, that if God had come to Job and said, Hey, um, I know that you love me. Can I test that in you? Job would have probably wanted to say no to that, you know, but if God would have come and said, Hey, I'm going to take everything away from you. But at the end of it, I'm going to restore you. And for thousands of years, mm. people are going to talk about your life and they're going to point to your experience and it's going to encourage them and give them faith to go on. 
are you willing to do that with me? Mm. And I mean, that's not, of course, what God did. But I think in a sense, I felt like that's what the Lord did to me. I felt like he showed me from the very beginning. Wow. If you walk this with me, lives are going to be changed. And it just made it so much easier to say, yes, Lord. Yes, I'll do whatever you ask me to do. You know, how could I not want my children's lives to be improved and the people who I know and love to have a way to see the power of God in such a reality that they could touch it and see it and feel it and understand it. People saw God Mm -hmm. and that's what I want my life to be, you know? And I just, I think that if every believer would let the Lord change their perspective of this life and to know for one thing, we're not going to be here much longer we're not going to be here much longer. And so it's like we just have this short time to allow the Lord to work through us. Yeah. And there's such an excitement in it. It doesn't take away the pain. It doesn't take away the heartache. It hurts. Mm-hmm. And it's sad. And it's lonely sometimes. And it's hard. Yep. But the joy that comes from knowing that the world has seen a testimony that can never be taken away from me. That the devil can never say to me that my faith is not real. He can never come against me and say it's not true because God has worked this faith into me through experience. Wow. And I can point to my testimony and say, shut up, devil, <laughs> because what God has done in me is done. And it's it's no one can dispute it. Right. Right. It's just awesome when we can see our difficulty in that way. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you know, again, to your point, it, it requires this Jesus centered perspective, this others focused perspective. Um, it requires mm-hmm. us to turn out of this natural inward turn toward ourself that we have this natural inward yeah. bent toward ourselves, and turn out from that, put our eyes on Jesus and then see what he's calling us into to help other people yeah. in this. You know, you, you said it that some people are not going to understand your, re, your reaction or your response to this when you have this kind of perspective. Um, you mentioned the people who are going to be drawn to Jesus because of it. I'm curious if you've experienced people who um, criticize or um, judge or demean because they don't understand your kingdom reaction to this. Um, and, and they haven't necessarily, you've not seen evidence that they're drawn to Jesus, that that's their reaction. It's more of this like, have you experienced that? You know, most, a lot of Jesus following widows and widowers that I talk to, they mm-hmm. have people in their life that kind of question them because maybe they see them moving on too fast or they see them stepping into something like a ministry too quickly. I know I've experienced that in my life. Uh, have you, how have you dealt with that? You know, Davey, that's a good, that's a great question. And I have had other people ask me that. Um, I very recently experienced something where someone publicly spoke out against me and it had more to do with the ministry at the retreat center that I'm starting. And it really didn't even have anything to do with my faith. It just was a, a general just complaint. And it was really hard for me. And the Lord dealt with me because honestly, I haven't experienced it very much. Um, I think a lot of it was just a sensitivity to the fact that Clay was sick. And, you know, a lot of my ministry happened while he was ill. And 
It was just, mm. I think the reason people really followed our story, my blog is very personal. And when I meet people who've read it, but mm. I've never met them, they often say, I feel like I know you. <laughs> I feel like we're mm-hmm. best friends because mm-hmm. my writing was just right. really personal. And so in a lot of ways, I think the Lord just protected me from some of that because he knew mm. He just knew what I could stand and what would really have been nearly impossible for me to walk through. But I think what has happened recently has been a little bit of the Lord showing me like, get ready because it, it's going to come. People are going to speak out against you and people are not going to understand. And it's just, it is different when people see us taking a stand for the Lord and especially in our country now and just the things that are going on in politics and it's going to become more and more difficult for us to take a stand for Christ. Yeah, man. Well, I'm so sorry that you've experienced that. I just know that to be true of, as I'm hearing more and more stories as I'm experiencing it myself, that's what happens when you start advancing the kingdom of light against the Mm -hmm. kingdom of darkness, right? It's not going to come without some kind of opposition. And unfortunately, the enemy's crafty and he, he knows us pretty well. You know, he doesn't know us like Jesus mm-hmm. knows us, right? But he knows us pretty well that he knows exactly what what kind of arrows, right? Scripture talks about the arrows of Satan yeah. in Ephesians chapter 6 yeah. that will kind of get in and really really stir us up and be wounding to us. And so I'm so sorry that that's the case for you. I'm I'm excited about the ministry that you're doing. Um and I'd love to hear about it. Talk talk to me about what how did this thing evolve then? I mean, now you're sitting right now in this beautiful home uh, where you do these retreats and it's just so encouraging to, to hear about um, as I've kind of seen, heard it from afar. I'd love to hear a little bit of the ins and outs of it and what you guys do and how this came about. I'm really excited about it. And it's for sure just a testimony of the faithfulness of God. I've always, you know, have heart for women's ministry and I love, I love to do retreats. I love to host people. God's always given me a gift of hospitality and I just love all that. But back in July during the pandemic, the Lord really started dealing with me that, that it was time. It was really time for me to advance my ministry. I have, I've written a blog for a long time, but really after Clay died, I very seldomly wrote on it. I thought I would write a lot and I didn't. You know, some parts of a grief journey, especially when you're a single mom raising three kids, a lot of my grief journey was about my kids. Mm. And some of that just, you know, I wrote a lot about Clay because he was perfectly comfortable with that. But there was a lot happening in me that I felt like, number one, it was just really deep. Mm. And I didn't know if my readers could handle it. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of it was about my kids. And I just didn't feel comfortable sharing some of that. So I hadn't written very much. And I just, but I knew the Lord was moving me and just stirring my heart. Like it's time for something big to happen. And Davey, I don't know how else to explain it other than to just tell you that he just dropped it in my heart mm-hmm. one day at home, just praying. And I just knew that the Lord told me it's time for you to start looking for a place. And so I literally opened Zillow. I started putting in some destinations. And the third place that I looked at was a Victorian home in St. Francisville, which is St. Francisville is kind of north of Baton Rouge. And it's, it's out in the country a little bit, you know, it's a very small town. 
And I just, I found this property out here that mm. looked perfect, although it was, it just would felt very overwhelming. And I just told the Lord, like, <laughs> I'm sure. I could never do that. There's no way this yeah. can happen, you know? And so a friend of mine brought me to see it and God just did some miracles. It was really mm. awesome to see him at work. And I love knowing, I, I tell people this a lot, but I don't ever want to live this life without walking with the Lord. Mm. He is so good to us to just lead our steps, you know, and the Bible says that the word is a lamp unto our feet right. and a light into our path. The image is not like he turns the sun on and we can see everything <laughs> and we can see five miles down the road. Right. The image is you're in a dark forest, you're walking on a trail and you've got a little lamp and you can mm -hmm. see right in front of you. Yeah. And that really, that's probably all we can handle most of the time. If the Lord would have told me when Clay died, in four years you're going to own a retreat center, I would have been like, "That I can't handle that. That's too much, you know? And so he takes us just one step at a time through things. And yeah. it just all unfolded. It, it was a beautiful story of him just making the provision for it to happen, um, just several miracles along the way. So I purchased the house on November 13th. It's an 1800s Victorian style home. So it's really beautiful. It has a ton of character. It's about 7,000 square feet. And I just started the process of renovation and have completely renovated the entire house. It has room to sleep about 40 people. And wow. it's, I use the word bougie a lot. <laughs> it is bougie. So, and, uh, and I did that on purpose because I really believe, and I've had several words spoken over me for this ministry and just a lot of people praying for it. And I believe what God has told me is that the hill is a place of healing for people. Mm. And what he showed me recently is that people are going to come here broken and they're going to leave healed. You know, I think a lot of times we think that healing takes time and people say time heals all things. And that's not true. God is the only person that can heal us. Time good, does not man. have the power to heal us. And so he just has really shown me. And I believe that it has a lot to do with where we are in the world today. I don't think we have time. And I think one of our biggest challenges is that there are so many people within the church who are hurt, mm -hmm. broken struggling, lost in grief. And God is saying, I need a glorious church. I need a beautiful bride who's going to be ready to see me and who the world can see right now until I come. And I just believe that he has designed this place to be a place where people come broken and they leave healed and ready to go out into the world and preach the gospel and demonstrate the power of God to a watching world that is all around us. And it's wow. it's such a just sweet thought to think that God would yep. create a place for people to come. And so my heart yeah. and my vision really is that this, obviously for retreats that I host, that it would be women, um, but I am gonna rent the house to other ministries and hopefully, you know, just all types of events that will happen here. It's it's also a beautiful wedding venue. I've already hosted a wedding. And so <laughs> I know there's a lot that the Lord will do with it, but my heart is wow. really just that women who are struggling and walking through difficulty, you know, grief looks different for everybody. People yeah. are grieving all sorts of things. You and I are grieving a spouse, but people grieve 
prodigal children. You know, they grieve the loss of a dream or the loss of a job or a career or just anything that can set us back. The enemy tries so hard to just weaken us. And I just believe that anyone in that situation that the Lord has really designed this place to be a place for them to come, meet with God, and just let the Lord really do a deep work in their hearts. And I believe they're gonna leave here healed. That's great. Hi, friends. I wanted to talk to you for a moment about our Nothing is Wasted monthly partner program. We started this program in 2019 to add even more resourcing and value for those of you who are willing to donate $20 a month or more to our ministry. That still is the purpose of this program. But even more than that, it is one great way for you to partner with us. When you set up a recurring donation of $20 a month or more, or a one-time donation of $240 or more, you receive access to all of the content behind our paywall, which includes exclusive bonus episodes with past guests, behind-the-scenes commentaries about some of our episodes, teaching videos, live Q&As, discounts and deals on the Pain to Purpose course and certified guide packages. In addition to what you receive, partnering with us in this way is also supporting the free content and community we provide as a ministry, that is positively impacting tens of thousands of people. We couldn't do this podcast or ministry without our partners, and we're incredibly grateful for all of their support. To find out more about what becoming a monthly partner of Nothing Is Wasted Ministries is all about, head to nothingiswasted.com partners. If you're interested in the bonus content we have available, you can set up a seven-day free trial to preview the content. Again, that's nothingiswasted.com partners. Let's listen to a clip of some of that bonus content now. When my daughter turned 18 months old, she was diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder. And then that's when everything changed. I started researching like crazy and I found out since she was diagnosed before the age of two with an autoimmune disorder, she had an 80% chance of getting another autoimmune disorder down the road in her Mm. lifetime sometime and probably something more severe. And so here I am thinking, I mean, there's no cures for this. Like, what do I do? So I started researching like crazy. And that is what set my journey of understanding holistic health, understanding that food is medicine and understanding it's not about weight loss. It's about actually, it's not even about what you look like. So people are always like, I just want to look good. But honestly, it's about feeling good and eating for our health. To shift gears just a little bit, I don't want to omit the fact that you are um, a mom of three. And and the, their ages, how, how old are they? My oldest son is 21. Okay. My daughter is 19. Mm-hmm. And my youngest son is 15 right wow. now. And so, you know, this was, you said, what, about four years ago that Clay passed away? Five, four, yeah. five years? Okay. Yeah. Um, so they're, you know right in the middle of teenage years um, as they're walking through all of this. How did you as a mom work through and grieve through this stuff while you're trying to help them as well? That's probably the hardest part of it. Yeah. I think for me, the first thing was just 
accepting that I was a single parent. Yeah. That was very hard for me. And as much as I had time to prepare and, and I knew that this was coming, that was one thing that I never prepared myself for. Right. I thought of myself as a widow. I thought of myself as being single. But when it came to being a single mother, I remember the first time those words actually came out of my mouth and I mm. wanted to vomit. Yeah, right, <laughs> I just was right. like, I never thought I would be a single mom. Mm. And that has for sure been the hardest part of all of it for yeah, me yeah. is that um, it's just, it's wonderful to have a person by your side to help you. You know, when your kids are little, you need each other for when you've completely lost your patience. And <laughs> yeah, I remember one I remember sure. one day being so mad at my oldest son and I went and got Clay and I said, I'm gonna kill him. If you don't take over right now, he's gonna die. And so when they're little, you have these funny stories to tell from that. But when they're right. older, sometimes you wanna tap out. You know, yeah, they're they're true. dealing with really really difficult problems, major life decisions. You know, my youngest son was 11 when Clay died. And so the other day we were talking about something about Clay and my daughter made a comment and, and his response was, I don't remember that. And later my, my daughter came to me and she said, mom, I forget sometimes that he was so young when, when dad died. And there's a lot that, that he doesn't remember. So it's a lot to navigate, is, and yeah. I found myself many times having to just put my own feelings aside. Um, I didn't do that perfectly all the time. One thing that I really have strived to do is that, number one, we talk about Clay all the time. And I have really made a promise to my kids that no matter what happens in my life, no matter what the next step is for me, we are never going to stop talking about him. We laugh about him all the time. We remember him all the time. If yeah. a song comes on the radio that he loved, we we acknowledge it. Yeah. Um, when my kids do things that remind me of him, I tell them. We still have pictures of him in our house. We we just talk about him all the time. And I tell my kids a lot. I'll always love him. You know, I don't know what the next phase of my life will look like and what door God will open to me, but I will always love him. And they of course feel the same. And so we talk about him a lot. And I try, when we talk about him, it's hard not to laugh, he was funny. And Clay was a lot of fun. So um, our household isn't quite as fun without him. And so um, we just, we try to tell a lot of stories about him and just really acknowledge him. Um, In the beginning though, my kids really struggled to open up. And as you can see from this interview, I don't have a hard time with that. (laughs) And not to mention, I was in the process of like, I had written our entire experience and, and people all knew really a lot of the details of what we were walking through. And, but all three of my kids really have a hard time with that. They just don't want to open up and talk. And so I tried to, the approach that I took with them was, I tried to talk to them about the things that I was struggling with. Now, not in an inappropriate way, not by giving them too much detail that they didn't need. But if we were doing something and it was hard for me, I tried to just acknowledge that and say, you know, y'all, this is hard for me today. And this is why it's hard. In a way of trying to kind of give a voice to what they were feeling and what I knew they were feeling, but they couldn't really verbalize it. And so 
I just tried to be really real with them. Like, I'm not going to put on a facade and make you think that I'm perfect and I'm strong. I wanted them to see my weakness because I wanted them to be comfortable to have weakness of their own. That's good. I felt like if I tried to be too perfect for them, that they would be afraid to tell me that they were hurting. And so they saw the good and the bad and they saw the truth of really what I was feeling. But I also just asked the Lord continuously to please give me endurance, to just fill me with endurance so that my kids would see you can hurt and rejoice at the same time. Wow. You can have pain and you can have hope in that pain. And it doesn't make the hurt go away. And, And Jesus didn't say that he would do that. You know, he just said he would help us and he would never leave us and he'll never forsake us, but it still hurts. And so I just really tried to approach them with honesty and integrity and just allow them to really see the truth of what was happening to me, but also just encourage them that God is faithful and he knows what he's doing. I really tried to to help them see the things that the Lord had had accomplished through our life and through their dad. And I want them to be proud of him. You know, I wanted them to walk away from this saying, I had a good dad the best, you know, and even though I had him for a shorter time, God really did a lot through his life. And we have a lot to celebrate about Clay and it's horrible and it's sad and we miss him. But what God accomplished through him, it couldn't have happened if he wouldn't have walked this road. And so I try to just celebrate the things that God did and accomplished through him and, and just walk in a real way in front of him, you know? Yeah. Wow. It's definitely hard though. <laughs> oh, I'm t- I can't imagine, you know, especially at those ages, such pivotal, vulnerable ages right there where they're making these massive life decisions, but it sounds like you're navigating it, you know, with the help of the Lord through, in, in one of the best ways. I, I love the fact that you are allowing them to see some of the, the points um, that you feel weak. I think it's so imperative uh, to, to do that because you're right. They, they need to, they need to feel the freedom to have the space to be able to acknowledge their own weakness too and say, yeah. this is, this is tough. Um, you know, and, and not put on that pretense that we have it all together because the reality is something like this that shakes us so much. It's, it's not helpful to our healing to put on that pretense. And so I appreciate your That's vulnerability funny. with us. I appreciate your vulnerability with them. And I know, and I'm so confident is that even as I look at the backdrop of, this screen right now, as I'm watching you and you're in this house, I know that God's going to use it in such a powerful way to bring so much healing as you're providing space for these women to have those exact same conversations, to wrestle with those exact same tensions of I'm hurting. This is awful. I'm in agony. And at the same time, God is doing a work and he is good and he is helping me and he's going to produce something good through this. Um, so I'm so excited for you with that. I'm so excited for what God's going to do in this. Uh, Christy, can, can you tell us a little bit about where we can follow along with your ministry? Um, I don't know if you're still doing some blogging, talk to us about where we can follow the stuff at the Hill. If we want to get connected to that in any way, um, where can we, where can we follow you? So my website is really based around my ministry, which is called cloth and clay ministries. And it really just the name of the ministry, I get asked that yeah, a lot. It speaks to just 
it's the Lord just really showed me a lot through um, during clay sickness of like how the Lord uses our lives. Mm -hmm. And the cloth represents just, you know, our life being a tapestry. And I know you've heard that analogy yeah. so many times, but it's so beautiful yeah. and fitting that we see the back of it. Right. We see all the threads and colors and we have no idea what it means. But one day soon when we're with Jesus face to face and we see what he really was designing through our lives and the the beautiful side of the tapestry, it's all going to mm. make sense. And just the fullness of everything that God accomplished is going to be seen. And the clay, obviously, with right. being clay's name, but a lot of times people, when they think of clay in the Bible, they always think of clay in the potter's yeah. hands. But really, the story that the Lord used to just really impact our lives is the story in John 9, where Jesus anoints the blind man's eyes with clay, mm. and wow. he opens his eyes with that clay. Yeah. And so just real quickly, I'll tell you a yeah, quick, really amazing story about what God did, but... Um, after Clay had his surgery, his nearsighted vision was ruined. And so he had a lot of trouble seeing. He couldn't read. And a friend of ours bought him a large print Bible in an effort to help him to be able to read the Bible again. And we were sitting in our kitchen one afternoon, and my daughter and my husband and I were sitting there. And Grace said, Dad, you haven't opened the Bible to even see if you can read it yet. Open it. Let's see. Can you read it? You know? And so he lifted the Bible up real high in the air. He was real, he was just being mm -hmm. funny and dramatic. And he lifted the Bible up and he just threw it down onto his lap and let it just open wherever it would fall. And he took his hand and he real dramatically like took his finger and pointed down at a scripture. And the scripture that his finger landed on was in John 9. And it is talking about Jesus anointing mm -hmm. the eyes of the blind man with the clay. It just was wow. a very cool moment. Like, Wow. wow, of every verse in yep. the Bible that you could have turned to, you just landed your finger <laughs> down on the one verse in the Bible that has your right. name in it, <laughs> and it's the story of Jesus healing the yeah. blind man's eyes. Wow, wow. And so I just immediately started praying, like, God, I think this means you're going to heal his eyes. Mm. You know, of course we thought that. Like, you're going to heal him. You're going to heal him. And so he didn't. And we went through many more months of Clay's illness and not being able to see. And so a couple of days before Clay died, I was just sitting in the room and he had gotten to where he was like unresponsive. And so the room was always quiet. And I just was talking to the Lord and I asked the Lord, I said, I, I don't question you. And I'm not asking you this question to question you. I just want to understand why did you give us that verse? If you never had any intention to heal Clay's his sight. And the Lord said, Christy, go read the story again. And so I did. And it's in John 9. And the, I went back to the scripture and I read it. And it, it says in verse 6, he says, having said these things, he spit on the ground and made clay with his saliva. Then he anointed the man's eyes with the mud. And what the Lord said to me was, when you read that story, you thought that clay was the blind man. Mm. But really... Clay was the clay. Wow. Wow. And it just was a monumental moment for me where the Lord just really spoke to me. And he said, all along, clay was a willing mm. vessel that I added myself mm. to. And then I took that clay and I spread it on many That's blind it. eyes and they were healed and they received their sight. Wow. And 
it just encouraged me so much because I was able to really see from yeah. the Lord. Like Jesus didn't have to use that mud to heal that blind man, but he did. And I feel the same way about us. He doesn't have to use us. He, Jesus could show up once a month in the clouds somewhere and preach the gospel to the world and say, hey, it's me and come believe in me. But rather he uses us to show the world the power of God. And so I just think that's such an awesome thought that it's an example also of our perspective right. that we read that story and we think, God, do a miracle for me, do a miracle for me. When really what God is saying is, would you let me do a miracle through you? Will you be the instrument that I use to open up the blind eyes of men and women around you? And I think that is yeah, so powerful is. that if we could come to a place in our life where we say, okay, God, you need some mud? Wow. Me, sign wow. me up. Scoop <laughs> me up, add the Holy Spirit to me, mix it up in your hands and do whatever you want to do with it. And if my sacrifice means that somebody can receive their sight, I will do whatever you ask of me. Wow. If we all lived that way, think of the miracles that God could do. Wow. So man, that was a long answer to your question, but so the ministry name is cloth and clay, cloth and clay. And the website is www.clothandclay.org. And then the house that I've opened as the retreat center, I've named it The Hill, which has a great story and that you you don't have time for mm-hmm. me to share, but I wrote a blog about it on my on okay. my blog. It's the blog name is The House Has a Name. And I wrote about just um, the crossing of the Red Sea and just the significance of that mm-hmm. moment. And it's just a sweet story, how God really just used that story to help me. Wow. And so the house is named The Hill. And then um, my Instagram and Facebook is just, my Instagram is Christy underscore furlough. And my Facebook is just Christy furlough. I recently got hacked, unfortunately. Uh, I don't know if you've ever had to deal with that, but so frustrating. And nothing is even being done with my old Facebook page. But so I have two right now, but the newer one is just Christy Mm. furlough on Facebook. Wow. Wow. Well, I am... um I'm praying that that house is going to be filled and there are so many eyes that are going to be opened up to this kingdom perspective mm-hmm. that you are, um, you're helping people to see. And so thank you so much for your life, your story. Um, thank you for sharing with us vulnerably and thank you for taking the time today. This has been so impactful. I know for so many people as they listen. I really enjoyed talking to you, David. You're great at this. You're a good interviewer. Oh, thank and you. Um, your story is, is really a beautiful story as well. And I think, it's really encouraging to see God's ability to take something that is so difficult and so just broken and to make something really powerful of it. You would never have the ability to minister the way that you do if you had not walked through what you had walked through. And to learn the compassion of Jesus through life experiences is something that is very hard to do but it's, it's irreplaceable once you have it, mm. you know, just the experience that God has worked into you through your suffering. It's, it's really making a difference in the world. Oh, thank you for that. Thank you for that encouragement. That's really the message we want everybody to, to understand. You know, their, their pain journey gives them almost an immediate street cred. That's what we call it. You know, now you can enter into spaces with people. You can speak into those spaces. Yeah. You can walk with them. 
and yeah. uh, point them to Jesus. And that's exactly what you're doing too, Christy. So thank you, thank you, thank you for spending time with us. Yeah, it was great. Well, Aubrey, what'd you think about Christy Furlow? I mean, she, <laughs> there are sometimes that I, I meet people or I hear people on this podcast and I'm like, oh, they're a real Christian. Yeah. I don't know if I'm a real Christian. They're That's real. So true. She <laughs> is a, and I mean, I'm being self-deprecating, obviously, so and tongue true, in cheek. I know I'm saved, but like she is a woman of God and you can tell she knows Jesus. Yeah. I mean, that's what I felt I'm like. Oh, this woman knows Jesus, and she knows Jesus intimately. I feel like as I was it, asking her questions, I was trying to get her to, um, trying to get her to crack a little bit, you know, like in tears. <laughs> yeah. But let yeah. me find that like part of your of your faith right. that just is unhinged a little bit, you know. And right. And that's just. I mean, listen, tragedy unhinges all of our faith, right? In some way, that's form, right. shape, or another. But you certainly can. I I, I need you to correlate this that. When someone has been walking with the Lord for a long time in a genuine way, and then their life, mm-hmm. then they experience tragedy, there's this thing that happens where it's like they just kind of step into, it's this muscle memory. It's like the Lord's yes. been preparing. This is why we talk about training for the trial that you're not yet in. It's so important. If you're not in a valley right now, it's time right now. Actually, it was time yesterday to start training for it because yeah, there is good. there's a muscle memory that we could see and I could hear in Christy's voice as she was talking about what what God began to show her, what God began to do in her yeah. life. Yeah. Almost in, I mean, you know, during the grieving process of, you know, her husband's cancer diagnosis and all of that, but then right afterwards she was like, "Okay, I'm ready to set this thing on purpose." And um There's true. also this there's a like it's kind of an old classic spiritual discipline but called the critical journey. And they do talk yeah. about this how when you have been through pain, suffering, or even seasons of doubt and despair, they call it the wall. On the other side of the wall is really a deeper intimacy with God, where your faith is no longer just a mental ascent to a certain set of beliefs, but Mm -hmm. you are literally experiencing encounters, intimacy, and allegiance to God. And I I feel like that's what we're seeing in Christy. The the testing of her faith has produced this beautiful intimacy with her father. That's it, right? I mean, you just referenced it. First Peter... One six through nine, right? In in this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. Well, how do we rejoice? Mm. Why? How can we rejoice in our trials? It well because trials. It says it it it's the tested. It tests the genuous genuineness of our faith, right? So that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. You you pegged it right there, Aubrey. There's a difference between knowing up here in our head that God's promises are true and good for our life, even right. in the midst of trial, and right. encountering a living God in the middle of yep. our trial. And that's, that's where it. you see people who go, no, I, you know, I don't understand what all's going on right now. I don't, I don't understand what God has for me, but I know that God is good. And they have mm-hmm. that resolve and you can see it in their mm-hmm. countenance and you can hear mm-hmm. it in their voice. This is not a put on thing. This is from a deep, deep encounter with, with the Holy spirit. And that's what, that's yeah, what Christie right. displays. And, um, I, you know, she talks about this idea of testing, right? Yeah. Quite a bit. This is one of my favorite concepts, Aubrey is testing because there's so much in scripture about it. I know about this about it. you. I know you like this concept. I don't know why. I think God Not showed me some things. Not a lot of people things. do. Yeah. Well, I think God showed me some things okay. in my like fire 
about testing. Mm. And, you know, you see so many different instances of the, the number 40. Every time you see the number 40, it is, it is the number that represents testing. Hmm. So the 40 days in the wilderness 40 day, or 40, 40 years, years in the wilderness in was the, wil- the testing, yeah. right? Deuteronomy eight tells us yeah. that it was the Lord that led them through that so that he might humble them and testing them to know what's in their heart. That's what Deuteronomy says. Mm. And yeah. so you've got that, you have the testing of Jesus 40 days, right? Uh, yep. You, in the desert. Yeah. You've got Moses's testing 40 years on the backside of the wilderness before he was able to lead people. In. And this is where, so the other day we were, we were at our nothing is wasted retreat and I'm going to tell you this because you weren't there, Aubrey. Uh, I know we're so bummed. We actually afterwards were like, man, (sighs) I just wish Aubrey had been here. It was so galvanizing for us as a team. But next year, it'll be awesome. So I was sharing in a talk. And one of the concepts I was sharing, the whole idea of this talk was, how do we... how do we usher in the presence of God in our healing ministry? Because all the people that we had there at the retreat, they were all certified guides and people that work and serve in our ministry. So how do we help other people heal? Well, the thing that I was trying to explain to them is that Moses led the people through the 40 years in the wilderness, right? That was a whole identity issue because they were trying to become, they, they were slaves trying to become sons. Right, right. They, God got them out of Egypt, but had to get Egypt out of them. It took 40 years to do this. <laughs> they want to be slaves again. Yeah, exactly. Right. Well, how did Moses have the understanding and wisdom to lead them through 40 years? Well, because he himself had been tested for 40 years. Boom. So he had gone through the fire for 40 years. Yeah, that's good. And, he, yes. th- and because of that, then as his identity was being shaped, which is the whole burning bush encounter right there, that it was mm-hmm. a massive identity yep. thing that was going on there. Who am I? Yep. Who am I? Who am I? It doesn't matter who you yep. are. I am is what God says, right? Yeah. Gives him a new identity, yeah. shows him that, that it's really his identity in Christ that's going to carry him through this. But it was, and, and so this is how I related it to everybody that we we are going through these we and we have gone through these horrific trials and tragedies so that we can know God on a deep intimate level and then right. we can lead other people through theirs that's it yeah that's it right? right there and i think that's the key davy when when we think about god testing our faith that this is not i mean god does not put you you know god does not cause evil annihilation death, right? right. Th- those are the works of the enemy. Right. So let's let's first of all kind of step back and see that. But we do know that God does test his children. Yes. And listen, it is not about you're not passing the test in order to earn God's approval. Right. You're not passing right. the test in order to pro- uh, earn God's love. You're not passing the test in order to earn your like sonship or daughtership. Yeah. You have those things in yeah. Christ period. Right. You are approved of, you are loved, you are daughter and son yep. of God through Jesus Christ, whether or not you pass the test. And, okay? and in some ways, what, I'm, but, what I was saying is that this this test is actually j- taking you on the journey to that place to help you understand part of your, yes, that you are a son of... It's part of your sanctification. Right, you are a daughter. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And there is... There's fruitfulness and there's ministry on the other right. side. So again, not about, not about earning God's uh, approval. Right. Definitely about seeing fruitfulness, Christ-likeness, right intimacy happening in your life when you quote unquote pass those right. tests. And this is the difference, this distinguishing, this, the distinguishing factor between God causing evil, pain, suffering in our lives and God allowing it in his sovereignty mm. and his goodness. He knows that yeah. anything that he allows into our life is going to, is going to be this perfect testing that produces this, this pure gold is what scripture tells us, right? That we become this refined 
um, uh, essentially this refined version of us that we, what, one of the things we talk about in the pain to purpose devotional is that a, a silversmith is going to, he's going to put silver under or precious metal under this intense temperature and then scrape off the dross, anything of impurities that comes up and rises to the surface. And he does that until he can see his reflection in the precious metal. And this is what, this is what God is doing in our trials is that he is, it's causing this fire that we're going through is causing this, the impurities to rise to the surface so he can scrape it off. And then, and then he wants to see his reflection in us. The image of God yeah. coming oh, to full fruition in this. And this is the testing. This is what's going on in testing for us. I love that. That's so good. Um, another author that you and I like, Davey, is Robert Clinton, who talks That's a right. lot about this, yeah. that we we God really does put these different obedience tests, mm-hmm. these different checks in our lives. And when we sort of graduate out of them with faithfulness, then we get to see yes. the next phase of our ministry and, and experience more abundance yeah. with him. And so that's a, that's a, anyway, that's an encouraging thing. This, we hope you're encouraged by that. This listener. is the stuff we dive deep into with the pain to purpose course. That's in the right. Pain to Purpose devotional, in a lot of our resources there at nothingiswasted.com. Um, we want to encourage you to check those out because you, you'll go through like a masterclass of these things to begin understanding what is God doing in me? What, do you, what does he want to do through me in the midst of our pain and our suffering? And how's he trying to reveal more of himself to me? And, um, and so go to nothingiswasted.com, check out those resources. Maybe you want to hire a certified guide that we have that can help walk you. They can be kind of a sounding board for you in the process because they have kind of gone through their testing and now they're helping other people yep. in the midst of theirs. Um, so check it out. Nothing is wasted.com. We also want to thank sleeping at last for providing all the music for the nothing is wasted podcast. We appreciate you providing that for us, Ryan. And then um, if you want to, you can follow us at, on Instagram at nothing is wasted ministries. You can follow me at Davy Blackburn and follow Aubrey at Obsamp. And we want to mention one more thing. Next Monday is the last preview of the Pain to Purpose devotional. That's the audio preview that's releasing. It's been releasing the past several Mondays. This is the last one. And if you pre-order the Pain to Purpose devotional, which is a beautiful, beautiful resource that Davey has put together, if you pre-order it before July 22nd, you'll get the entire audio book for free. So we want you to take advantage of that. And then next week, we're joined by Kurt Willems. It's going to be an incredible episode. We want to give you a little sneak peek right now. Well, in the midst of that, my mom ends up dating a guy who uh, probably somewhere around four or five years old, um, they start dating and he's great until he becomes terrible, you know, and that's, that's just where it starts going downhill in a lot of ways as far as how I experienced my childhood. He was violent and would take it out in front of my mom or take it out on my mom a lot. He would uh, then take it out on me. And so there's a lot of um, moments that I, in the last couple of years, have stepped back into with Jesus and have had to reprocess. And on the one hand, there's something therapeutic about reprocessing and for me, writing them down. Right. And on the other hand, I wrote down a lot of these stories with tears. They were fresh. They were, there. there's this sense of, injustice you feel for that little boy 